What's up? What's up with it? You're listening to the Bad Cow Podcast, where no cow is too big and no beef is too small. I'm your host, Lindsay May Be Bad. This show features adult content and adult language, so listener discretion is advised. When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. What's up? What's up with it, everybody? Welcome to the Bad Cow Podcast show. First things first, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to the returning listeners who came back, the new listeners who stopped by. You both chose to have me in your speakers today, and I really appreciate it. As always, I hope you enjoy today's badness. Here we go. What's up? What's up with it? You're listening to the Mad Cow Podcast. I'm your host. Oh, no. Shit. What's up? What's up with it? You're listening to the Mad Cow Podcast, where no cow is too big and no beef is too small. I'm your host, Lindsay May Be Mad, and I'm here bitching my way over the moon with you every afternoon. If you're new here, what's up? No need to hit any subscribe or like or anything like that because I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. That shit's annoying. Do what you do, boo-boo. Um, until then, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the madness. Thanks for joining. All right, so today I thought we would switch up the, the mood a little bit because I'm just always like bitching about stuff, which is typically my norm. I like it. I'm good at it. Um, it's where I excel. But today, you know, I was thinking, let me just, let's like talk about things that are, things that I like, things that make me feel good. And I guess, you know, originally the root of this comes from a place of angst. Maybe that's why I want to talk about it. But nevertheless, this is going to have a positive spin on it today. Okay. Okay. Put your positive panties on. Here we go. So one of my biggest motivators um, aside from donuts is, is the whole, like, told you so factor, right? Um, now there's, I mean, I don't, I don't do that all the time when I win, like I'm not just in everybody's face. <laughs> told you so. Unless it was somebody who was hella rooting against me, man. Trust. I'm not going to spare your feelings. Um, I really got a thing for people who overcome adversity, overcome obstacles that were set in their way by other hating ass people. I got a thing. That's a, that's a big thing for me. Um, I live for that. Like, honestly, you know how some people, like, when they get up on, you know, they're accepting some award and they're like, I just want to thank all these people that were there for me, that supported me. Not that I don't have a cool list of those people, but my list of people I want to just rub it in their face is a lot longer. Oh, I can't wait to read all your guys' names. So shit, it's, I mean, I've, I actually have it written out. Like, people who I just can't wait to buff. Like, people I can't wait to be like, Moted, you didn't think I'd make it, did you? <laughs> Bitch, look at me now. Can't wait. I can't wait. And if your name's on there, you're, it's coming. Your time is coming. Um, I just, that's a big, very big motivator for me, is being able to tell everybody, haha, I did it anyway. Jerk. Because I kind of had a lot of people rooting against me, from teachers, family, you know, so-called friends, just, just bosses, you know, higher ups who thought I was a, wasn't going to make it. And I mean, at this point, I can't say that I have, but I will. Um, it's a big, big thing for me growing up. I was not good at a lot of stuff. Like I was never the best at anything for sure. I think I tried every sport for about a month before I quit because I just wasn't any good at it. And now I know that that's not the way you get good. You get good with practice. Okay, but if I'm not like at least a little bit talented in the beginning, I I don't, 
there was nothing I liked enough to want to get better at it. Um, and maybe if I had started out just a little bit good at something naturally, I might have liked it more, but not, it's not really a, I never found anything that stimulated me enough. You know, they say that the, if you want the result to be genius level or master level at something, to be a genius at something, there's got to be a certain, certain amounts of both talent and desire. Um, who was that kid that was really good at chess? Billy something. You guys know who I'm talking about, right? Crap, what was his name? It was, I didn't research it because it wasn't something I was planning on talking about. But, but basically, you have to be talented at a thing and really, really like that thing. That's where genius comes in. Like Michael Jackson, like any, anybody who's ever really been really good at something and then they just worked at it and worked at it and worked at it and worked at it until their fingers bled, till their feet broke. Till, that's, those are the ones that we remember. Those are the geniuses. Those are the highest, highest of the highest. Um, and I never really found anything that I was that interested in aside from like, you know, watching TV. I loved watching TV. And now to this day, I think I have what they call like that photographic memory because I'd never forget a face, man. I really never do. There's people I met once hella years ago. And I remember the little story that we talked about when I met them. I remember them telling me about, you know, their wife being sick, or I remember them telling me about they were moving to a new city or something. Like I remember, I remember, I may not remember their name, Auditory is not my thing. Visual, you know, I get that. Um, I could tell you any any movie from like prior to this year, I guess, I could tell you all the actors in it. And then I can tell you three other movies that that actor was in. And I could tell you who they're married to in real life. And I can tell you, I mean, basically what I'm about to share with you today are that these stories that inspire me, I learned about because there was a movie made about them. I pretty, pretty much anything that I've learned that I know in my head, that's knowledge I can say I, I've acquired, I've learned from a movie at some point in time. It's just how I learn best. In school, if we got to watch a movie about it, I would ace the test. If we had to read a book, mm, I got to cheat. <laughs> That's just how my mind works. Um, I'm a super recognizer. I've taken tests online that say I'm above average. I mean, you know, I've self-diagnosed myself as a genius in this in this field. So just take my word for it. Anyways, um, so yeah, growing up, I wasn't really talented at much other than watching TV and being able to recite back whatever the hell I just watched. Um... And it's, it sucks sometimes growing up feeling like, like nobody really sees any, anything good in you. Really, the real thing I was good at that I at least got a lot of attention for was getting in trouble. That was, that was something I was an overachiever at. I was always getting in trouble. Lindsay was a troublemaker. Anywhere I go, any friend's house, school, anything. I was always just kind of fucking up. Excuse my language. It's just, that was what I was good at. Um, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of fat, had glasses. You know, so I wasn't exactly breaking hearts, um, at least not early on in life. And this kind of went on through high school. Like, I just wasn't really, I didn't stand out. Let's put it that way. And I definitely wasn't the favorite to be, you know, our most successful in class, okay? Shit. And my, my, my eighth grade graduation from my quote-unquote Christian school, where they're just supposed to be so accepting and loving. You want to know what my freaking award was when I graduated? You guys want to know? So, <laughs> people... People used to get awards like the Timothy Award or the Eagle Award. You know, really like good character type awards. The year I graduated, they made up a special award for me. It was the first and probably only year they ever used it. You know what it was called? It was funny because they made it into a little acronym at first. It was the P-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-
No joke. My award was called the Please Be Patient, God Is Not Finished With Me Yet Award. Pardon my French, but fuck you, school. Really? Really? Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Well, you know what? He's not. And he's still not finished with me. And I can't wait until he is so I can just come back and stick my tongue out at all of you. Hater asses. So needless to say, I got a thing for underdogs. I am into the people who nobody expects anything from. I like the outcasts. I like the misfits. That's probably why I'm drawn to them because I guess I always was one. Or at least that's how I was made to feel. The ones that don't nobody expect to come up in life. The ones that really had all the obstacles and, and doubts. And I like those people. Those people are shit. Because typically, what happens when you're treated like that, it can go one of two ways. You either get the, I'm not like that and I'll show you. Or you, you know, what a lot of people get is, no, you're right, I'm, I'm trash. I'm nothing. Um, and I suffer from that a lot too. I still have my days of depression where I just, just sit around and cry about the dumbest stuff or, you know, be feeling useless and hopeless. And God, it's you're 33 and you still don't have your shit together. When are you going to get it together? You're never going to get it together. Like, that's stuff I tell myself and I need to knock it off because... Because I can't wait until I can tell everybody, see, I got it together. That's the message I want to leave everybody with. And I got a couple examples right here, written down, ready to go. True stories of shit that really happened. One thing I really like to watch and learn about is, is stuff that really happened. That's probably why I like serial killer documentaries. Because it's, it's real shit. Um, even though it's gory and, and, and probably mostly just only, you know, told for shock value. It's real. That shit really happened might be disturbing it might be horrible but that's real that's really what a human person is capable of um but it can go both ways there's a lot of good stories about it and i'm gonna list them for you now okay here here we go um aaron brockovich anybody remember that movie go girl movie um aaron brockovich was a single mom down on her luck didn't have nothing going for her and she really needed um a job and while she's out looking for a job at least from what the movie depicted she gets into a car accident with this doctor who totally messed up her neck and totaled her car and left her worse off than she started. The lawyer she hired didn't win her case. But what he did do afterwards was he gave her a job. Um, and at that job, she ends up investigating all these medical claims about all these weird illnesses that this people in this uh, area of town, they're getting sick. Like, like a lot of them. And it's a lot of really strange, random cancers that their lifestyles don't seem to be the cause of. Like, they're not, you know running around doing drugs, leading unhealthy lives or anything like that. They're families, they work hard and they just come home and try to, you know, do what they're supposed to do in life. But they're getting like weird cancers, like weird illnesses, Hodgkin's disease, lymphoma, all these different things. And they can't figure out why until they figure out that PG&E has been dumping some nasty toxic shit in their water or near their, in, into their groundwater. Basically, they're just dumping all this nasty chromium stuff and it's getting into these people's everyday Drinking water, the water that they fill their pools with, the water that they shower in, the water that they cook with, water that, I mean, and eventually, yeah, yeah, it is going to lead to, you know, a hysterectomy and, uh, uh, you know, people were dying. They're getting sick and PG&E was denying it. They were saying, no, 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 no. You guys just want money. It's not us. You don't have any proof of that. But this lady, Erin Brockovich, she was like, oh, hell no. Marched her little heels into every office she could to try to find some paperwork on these people. And eventually she did. And she brought that whole big ass company, PG&E. Granted, they've been in hella little scandals ever since then, but this was the biggest and the, I think it was the biggest settlement at the time that they paid people. They paid people like millions of dollars, all because of this lady who probably would have never, you know, people wouldn't have given her a second look as far as a professional. Um, she was pretty, she had big boobs and she wasn't, you know, she wasn't going to dress like a nun. 
she just how she wanted she acted how she wanted but she was able to get the job done um, and i like that i like that when people just look at her like she's nothing just some woman who couldn't keep a man and now she's got these kids she's trying to feed and you know go girl you go aaron brakovich um, fun fact, in that movie, if anybody's ever seen it and they didn't know, the real Aaron Brockovich does make a cameo in that movie when they are at the restaurant. She's the waitress taking their order. So go back and watch it now. She got Tigo bitties and preface and everything. She's a pretty little blonde lady who made sure all those sick people got everything they deserved from PJ because they were wrong and she knew it and she proved it. Um like that type of stuff, man. Don't let them don't let any even if it's a big ass company, don't let them scare you. You don't need to be intimidated. Especially when you got them by the balls. Don't you dare let them intimidate you. All right. Chris Garner. Does anybody recognize that name? I'll give you a minute. Okay. That was long enough. Chris Garner from a movie called Pursuit of Happiness. What a sad movie for the, for like the whole movie. It's hella sad until the very end. Finally, he'd be getting a break, man. But that movie, Jesus, that guy, everywhere he turns, he's getting played. He's getting whooped. He's not getting no help. Nowhere. Ends up running to a job interview from jail for parking tickets and I did do a little research on him actually and he he wasn't fresh from jail for that interview but he was staying at somebody's house where he didn't have his you know best clothes and he did in fact go to the interview uh in some like painted ass clothes and I think a lot of us probably would have been like shit I don't have my suit I'm just gonna not go I'm not gonna go like this I can't go looking like this I do that shit every day every day when I get up and I can't find something to wear I'll oh, forget it day's over go back to bed cancel what a waste of makeup. Couldn't find my clothes. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. God, I hate my life. Right? I don't know if anybody gets that bad, but I, I'm, I'm a pretty good, I'm pretty good at throwing pity parties for myself. Um, and sometimes it takes not much to discourage me from even attempting the day. Um, here this guy is. Nothing's going to keep him from attempting the day. Love it. Because now he's like some rich ass set for life stockbroker, man. Um, and he had it pretty rough. I don't think the movie really went into detail about his childhood, but his childhood was rough, according to this biography online. Um, he had this abusive-ass stepdad, and, you know, he didn't really have many role models, and the one that he did have died when he was, like, nine. And, I mean, that's rough to come from. And a lot of people, I think, who come from those, they end up just accepting that life is not going to be a picnic for them and that for some reason or another that they deserve it and they're not going to try to overcome it. But then there's those other people, those those... Rare few, those are the ones that get movies made about them because they just don't accept that. They don't accept that that's their life or that they deserve it and they are going to make something of themselves and they're not going to stop until it happens. And it and it's true. You just can't stop. You can't give up. You can't, you can't, don't be the truth of what everybody says about you. You don't have to. You don't have to accept that. It took me a long time to realize I didn't have to accept that the only place for me in the world was to be some rebel who wasn't going to make it. Always getting in trouble and never getting listened to, never being heard or seen or given a chance. You don't have to accept that. Real shit. If there's anybody out there that's feeling like that at some point or is feeling like that today, suck it up, buttercup, because you don't have to live like that. I promise you, you don't. Um, next one I want to talk about is the U.S. 1980 hockey team, the gold medal with, that, that beat the Soviet Union. My dad talks about this story. He talks about how he was watching it as it happened on TV, right? So that story, if that one goes, um, it was the Olympics, Winter Olympics, um, where the Soviet Union, they was like, they had been killing it in the Olympics for like the past four Olympics. They were unbeatable. They had been playing together for years. They were these big, bad, really aggressive hockey players. And their team was just, I mean, impenetrable. Like they were whooping ass. They they were the elite of the elite, right? The U.S. team, we was having some trouble that year. 
we basically ended up going to the Olympics with a bunch of college kids who had only played together for like maybe a few months that year. And we whooped them. Whooped them. I mean, it was one of the biggest sports upsets in history, period. Um, and there's a movie made about it with Kurt Russell. And, and in the movie, which I guess is something that really did happen, was the sports announcer, he's like getting so excited when he's announcing this last few minutes of the game. And he at the very end goes, do you believe in miracles? And then they score and they win, right? Um, it's a great story. I get chills watching that shit. I'm not even really into sports, but hockey's a rough sport. My dad played it and um, he's really likes it. And he, But he's told me that he's, he watched that happen and he couldn't believe it. Nobody could believe it. It was just so not expected. I mean, they were a bunch of, it was kind of like a rat pack type deal. Like they were, it was just this team thrown together. I mean, not that the players on the team didn't have any talent, but nobody expected shit from them, especially to make it all the way to the finals and then won and then win. Like, well, not win, but they, they beat this. Well, I think they did win, but they beat the Soviet Union. That was the thing that was the big upset. I don't think that was the actual last and final uh, match they had, but nobody expected them to get past the Soviets. Nobody. But they did win the gold. Um, and that's just it's an awesome story, man. Don't let no Soviets... Uh, there's always a chance. Never say never. You can't believe or doubt or judge until it's over, until the fat lady sings. There's a chance. There's hope. As long as there is life, there's hope, man. You never know. And the only thing that really determines it is you and how you how you approach any situation. And I'm trying to take my own advice on that because Lord knows. Sometimes I just accept the cards I've been dealt, which really aren't bad cards. But I know I'd be making my, my life a lot harder than it needs to be. And then once it happens like that, I'm like, see, that's when I get, I self-sabotage and then I'd be mad at the world. I'd be mad at the universe as if it was my destiny. And that's not the case. Get over it. We, we can, we don't have to be, you know, we can, we can be the underdogs, but let's be the underdogs that make it right. Okay. Let's tell them I told you so. Let's, let's give ourselves that opportunity because there's nothing better than being able to say that. There's nothing better than feeling like nobody can't tell you nothing because you finally made it and you did it however you had to do it and tough shit for them. Um... Last person I want to talk to you about is somebody who I, I only briefly heard a couple of his interviews on the Joe Rogan show, and that is David Goggins. Anybody ever heard of him? If you haven't, you should research him a little bit. David Goggins is this is a guy who uh, totally turned his life around when he decided he wanted to be a Navy SEAL, I believe it was. And he was an overweight guy who was kind of just down on his luck. Couldn't He had a hard time in school, um, didn't really read or write well, um, still struggles with it today. But guess what? He got a book out now. You got a book about how you can get your life together if you just stop feeling bad for yourself and get the hell up. Um, he talks about like, man, if you want to lose weight, fatty, stop drinking the milkshakes. That's him talking to himself. He doesn't talk to other people like that. Um, but he was basically just keeping it real with himself. Like, man, if you want to drop this weight, if you want to go into training and be a Navy SEAL, if you want to run 100 miles, you got to get up and do it. Nobody's going to do it for you. Or else you just keep sitting here and feeling bad for yourself. I like that type of attitude where it's not necessarily a... Um, you know, not, not totally. I think he get, he's like that probably because of whatever boot camp he went through in the military. And I don't necessarily agree that that's the best way to handle anybody's situation, but there are people who that really helps. Like just be getting in their face and telling them like, man, you're not shit right now. Do you want to be something when you, when at some point in your life and stop living the way you're living? Like some people that really gets them going. That really helps them. And that's kind of his tough love uh, mentality, but he, he did it. He dropped so much weight in like no time trying to get it because he had to lose weight in order just to even go into the training to be a Navy SEAL. And he did it. 
basically they gave him a they gave him some stipulations and they'll be like impossible stipulations and he makes them possible and he shows you how he did it and then he and then he goes on to you know whoop everybody at it really good story um and he's really he's a really good motivational speaker i just like the way he talks i love the the no nonsense about him i like uh i like that man you do not have to let your adverse your adversity and your experiences be what dictates your life you don't um, and I'm probably saying that more for myself than I am for anybody listening. But if there is somebody listening who's feeling that way, who's feeling like just down on their luck and in the dumps and they're never going to come up over whatever it is that they're dealing with right now, you will. You will if you want to. You can if you want to. There's nothing stopping you but you. You might get all different types of little obstacles thrown at you, but that's just one more thing you get to say that you overcame in the end. You know? Um... I was fat, had glasses, had, don't really have a whole lot of friends growing up. I wasn't good at nothing. I had a hard time learning in school. Um, and I'm not shit yet. Not yet. And that's the way you gotta, that's the way you gotta look at it. Not yet, but when I am, uh, I'll be sure to let everybody know. I am gonna be hard to live with when I finally do get successful at whatever avenue I get successful at. I can't wait. That's the, that's the mindset we gotta have, people. I'm not there yet either, okay? But let's, let's get there, man shit because one thing that i did kind of like overcome like so i was like the ugly duckling when i was little i'm not no more i'm pretty cute and i'm i'm but you know what i am thankful i am so thankful that i had the experiences that i had because they made me who i am now and that's i know that's corny as shit but it's true if i wasn't the ugly duckling i wouldn't have the sparkling personality that i have now and i also wouldn't have the compassion that i have for people who who do have it hard people who have it easy all the time they don't have no kind of compassion no heart for nobody who's who's didn't come from the same walk of life that they did. You know what I mean? They think that everybody should just suck it up and deal with it and become, you know, when, when, and it's usually people who have had it really made silver spoon, trust fund type baby people. They think like the world's just easy for everybody. And there's just people who just don't want it. There's people that just don't want to work. They're lazy or they're this or they're that. They have no idea what it's like to struggle. They have no idea what it's like to, you know, not have both your parents. They have no idea what it's like to have a learning disability or to to not have no friends or to not have money. They don't they don't understand what it's like when your lights get shut off. They don't understand what it's like when you're a single mom and you got to work three jobs and never get to see your kids because you're trying to support them and they don't get it. Um, be the story that that shuts them up, okay? And for anybody out there who does just think life's a piece of cake for everybody and you just don't want to take a bite of it, shut the fuck up. Go sit down somewhere. I'm sick of the attitudes that people like that have. Um. You're not doing nobody no good, and you're making yourself look like a real shithead. Uh, that's my that's my spiel for today. Be good to people, um, and people who have not had best experiences, people who are up against a lot, people who have had nothing but adversity in their life, use it, use it, and then be able to, you know, if you use it now, you'll be thankful that you had those experiences later. I'm sure of it. And I can't wait until I have my story. I can't wait until I have like. Some kind of success. I don't know if it's going to be through podcasting or something else or whatever the case may be. But when I have it, I'll be sure to let y'all know. Especially you little doubt asses. You'll be the first. List is growing. Trust me, that list grows all the time. It's getting longer and longer and longer. I'm going to need a whole composition book for it. That's okay. I think it was Cat Williams that said, like, let the haters do their job. And if there's nobody, if there's, no, if there's haters around that don't have nobody to hate on, feel free to hate on me. That's what he said. And it's true. Let them do their job. Let the haters do their job. Don't ask them to go away. Don't ask them to leave you alone. But just do your job. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll have you really hating soon. That's the attitude we got to have, people. All right. On that note. Oh, and you know what? 
that's uh, there was one other thing I just noticed on my notes that I wanted to leave y'all with. So my son, I was kind of like depressed the other day when I was talking to my son because he's he's eight right now, right? He's gonna be nine in December, and then of course you know next year he'll be ten. And I, I told him I was like, damn, dude, you've been around for a whole decade almost. Sheesh, getting older and older and older. So what? You know, how'd you like your first decade? That's what I asked him. And his face got all sad. And I kind of, I kind of knew that was coming. Cause my kid hasn't had it the best. Like he hasn't had it like really rough. Like nobody's been beating him or burning him with cigarettes. Like I hear horrible stories of things that have happened to kids, but, but you know, he did have a lot of, uh, negatives. Um, in the beginning of his life, like, I don't think he remembers his dad being around at all because he really wasn't since, since he was born, his dad has popped in and out of his life a couple times. And it's always been very disappointing experiences. Um, and that's hard for kids. I think that's a really uh, underrated tragedy that happens to a lot of kids is not having a, a father figure. That's rough. Granted, I have my boyfriend now and he is a good role model and he is a solid, consistent person who I don't, you know, we don't doubt is going anywhere. But it's hard for my son because, you know, everybody wants a dad that they feel like was there from the beginning and loves him and just wants to hug him and kiss him and be around him and is proud of him. And he didn't have that. That's hard. Um, and then he had me for a mom. Now, granted, I'm fine, <laughs> if nothing else, but, you know, again, consistency, solid. It wasn't me, and there was a time where I was a little screwed up because I had my own shit going on, and, I mean, we've gotten back on track, and things are better, but the, all those experiences are still with him, you know? Um, we moved We moved about, like, three or four times when I was trying to get away from his dad because his dad was real abusive, and it was on drugs, and... um. He just, he kind of had it rough. And then any, there were a lot of like fun things we would try to go do that ended bad. Like, shit, we sunk three boats. One of them we almost like sunk with. Um, you know, it was like things that were supposed to be happy and exciting sometimes turned out not to be. They turned out being really scary and almost, you know, it was a traumatic experience. There was a lot of traumatic experiences for him. And, and at the time when he said that, I got a little immature and I was like, well, sorry, kid, I tried my best. Right. That's of course, that's my initial reaction because I feel guilty. Who else, is, who else am I going to blame? Who the fuck else has been there the entire time? Not nobody but mom. I mean, my parents are really involved with them, and that's great. But the parents, the first, the first experience, that's your first resource. That's your first, you know. And he was, he was short one and had a crazy other one. So, you know, I blame myself. And then, and then a couple of days later, that's when I realized, you know what, kid? Um, and I told him this. I told him, I know, I know it seems like you got kind of the short end of a stick on a lot of, a lot of things in life. And, and by a lot of standards, you did. I'm sorry because you didn't deserve any of it. No kid does. No kid deserves to not have their dad around. You weren't the reason your dad wasn't around. And I don't even try to like down, I don't ever try to salt his father to him. I don't think that does a kid no good. What I tell him about his father is that your father loves you. He misses you, but he's sick right now because he is, he's on drugs and he's running around thinking somebody from the 1500s is chasing him. Um, he didn't used to always be like that, but now he is, and he just cannot be around you. It's not safe for him to be around you, but he loves you and misses you. But he's sick. That's what I try to tell him. And that doesn't really make him feel too much better, because he's still not around. And what I told him was, you know what? I, I can't imagine how that must feel, kid, because I had both my parents. I can't imagine how it feels having a crazy-ass mom, because for the most part, my mom was pretty together. I'm sorry you went through that. You didn't deserve none of it, but you, you mark my words, kid. When you get older... You will be thankful that you had the life that you had because you're not going to fall apart when you fail a test in school. You're not going to fall apart if you end up losing your job. You're not going to, you know, 
just be devastated because you totaled your car. You're not going to feel that way. Why? Because you've been through worse. It's going to be something you can use to your advantage if you look at it that way. You can look at it like, what was me if you want to. But then it's just going to defeat you for the rest of your life. You have to look at it differently. When you look at things like, that's not going to bother me. That's not going to kill me. I've been through worse. Then you can kind of give yourself a little bit of an advantage. You can give yourself a little bit of a pickup when you need it and there's nobody there to give it to you. Trust me, baby, you'll, you'll, you'll remember these times and you'll look at these people who break a nail and then just all of a sudden they can't function for the rest of the day. What? Uh, call me when you have real problems. That's how you're going to look at them. You'll be able to because you've been through worse because you've been through, you've been through actual real shit. I know it sucks now, but I promise you, if you, if you use it correctly, it's going to be what makes you. Um, and I think that left him feeling a little bit more positive and a little bit more you know, not so down in the dumps over his life. And it's, that's the same for all of us, man. It doesn't have to dictate. Not if you don't let it. Taking my own advice on that. Don't worry. Um, when I do make it, I'll be sure to fill y'all in. Until then, do the same in your own life if you're feeling kind of crappy. You don't have to. You don't have, that doesn't have to be, the bad day doesn't have to mean a bad life. Okay? Get it together. We can get it together together. <laughs> Jesus, cornball. All right. Till next time, people, take care, be safe. Bye. All right, everybody, that about wraps it up for today. We got another one in the books. Thank you again so much for your listening support. I can't tell you how much it means to me. If you ever want to shout me out or come see what else I'm up to when I'm not in your speakers, feel free. I'm on Instagram at Bad Cow Podcast, Facebook on Bad Cow Podcast Show. And if you ever want to reach me directly, you can do so at Show at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. See you next time. Bye.